Father, I just ask for help right now because you did do something most wonderful in my heart tonight, this morning, early morning. And you've done something strong in my spirit all week for this day of freedom. And I do desire that you would now bring it about the way you have ordained it. You kept some of it back until this morning. So now I'm a little bit out of sorts on how I am to follow, but I will trust you and we ask that you would help us because we have no other desire in life than to 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 follow you jesus and to and to grow in grace in jesus name amen verse 19 james 5 19 uh brethren if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back i don't get to see the second verse so you're going to have to follow me chris in other words, I can't start reading because I have nothing to read. We'll figure that out next week. Okay. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way saves a soul from death and covers a multitude, we'll say, and cover a multitude of sins. Communion is, I, I, I'm, we're followers of Jesus, therefore we're the followers of the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. There is no other truth outside of who Christ is, that he is the way, truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by him. As a believer, a follower of Jesus, I have trouble when I get into tests, and often I no longer follow. I start wandering. I wander from the truth. I don't hold my faith in the place of, and I can be, next thing you know, find myself uh, going, wow, how did I get here? Thank God, that's what communion is for. Is to, uh, it's a returning, returning to truth, returning from departure. If, it, I'm not talking about losing salvation. I'm talking about not enjoying salvation, not living in the benefit. Let me go to uh, uh, first, Second Timothy chapter... Um, verse 24. This is another kind of hidden uh, jewel in the scriptures. I love this. 2 Timothy 2.24. Paul is now admonishing Timothy on leading the congregation of the righteous forward. And he says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach and patient. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. When we wander from the truth, we become an opposition to our future. We don't even, I don't really usually realize it till later. But when I begin to realize it, I'm looking for a way back. And so it says, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so they may know the truth. The, the essence of repentance is that the Lord allows me to think what I am not thinking and, or return to a thought that I've forgotten that's true. And then I come to the knowledge of the truth. And when I know the truth, something wonderful can happen. I can come to my own senses, which is verse 26. Uh, the prodigal. I can't find happiness in my papa's home. So give me all that is coming to me, and I'm going to go try it in my own way in, my, in the world. Loses everything. Feeding the pigs. Comes to his senses. He remembers, my father's house, the servants are treated better than I'm being treated. They have plenty to eat, and they have, I'm going home. He's coming to his sense, I'm going home, and I'm going to 
come back and say, now make me a servant. I'm not worthy to be called your son. He moves out of the captivity. That's repentance. That's the knowledge of the truth. Because when we come to our senses, when we know the truth, we can escape the snare of the devil. And what, what is his snare? It's just to take us captive to do his own will. And if we all know this, right? I'm not trying to convince you, right? Believers can act like the devil. Can you act like the devil? Yeah, you know, I mean, we can all get in the wrong line at Costco and I can act like the devil. It's just... So let's go to this next thing because I'm going to do communion. I believe communion is the means to which we return ourselves to the Lord. And in returning ourselves to the Lord, we acknowledge that he was the one who became sin for us. And he was the one that was judged by God. He was the one who was condemned by the Father. Wrath came upon him. He was cursed by the Father. And when he became all of that, sin was removed. It, it, was, it was undone. We can still sin. We can still choose our own way. We can, we can walk our way, do our own thing, and then we wander. If we wander from the truth, some, we can return. And when we return, there's a forgiveness, but there's also a dismantling of massive progressive sin that's still happening through decisions men are making. Or if we come to our senses and see the truth, we can then get out from the captivity of the one who's pressuring us and the, and the push that he's putting on us and, he's, and the angst that we're in. And the key is forgiveness. And so the last verse I want to show you in Matthew 18, 21. Because so often for me, I want to live the abundant life, but I don't want to live it Christ-like. But there is no abundant life apart from Christ-likeness. Because if my flesh is ruling, I'm not in abundant life. If my soul is dictating, I'm not in abundant life. So it's, it's, a, it's a conflict. And a lot of times the conflict isn't discernible unless God shows us to us. And this one is really a key one, forgiveness which is without forgiveness, we really don't get to come into this great exchange that's coming. So Peter came to the Lord. And he says, uh, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said. I don't say to you seven times, but to 70 times seven. Then he tells a story, what we know, call the, un the story of the unforgiving debtor. He said, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all they had and that payment be made. And the servant fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. The master of that servant was moved with compassion. This is the, this is the, the this is that thing when you, when God moves with compassion, which he did by sending his son, and he still does by responding to our cry for help, our recognition of where we got lost or wandered from, and he forgave him the debt. The servant went out and found, this is a crazy thought, the servant went out and found, he went looking for someone who owed him a hundred denarii. 
And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. And so this fellow servant fell down and hit at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Several months ago, I was really caught up in this story, and so I tried to sort out how do you compare uh, 10,000 talents to uh, 500 or 100 denarius. And so doing a little searching, I got some basic understanding. In a talent at that time, a denarius is what we would consider a day's wage at the day. And, uh, but a talent was the equal to 6,000 denarii. So we're talking about quite a contrast of debt. So if the unjust, that what we would know is the unforgiving debtor owed 60 or uh, 10,000 talents, what he literally owed was 60 million denarii. So now let's take denarii and let's go way below what, what I hope anyone would try to labor or live under in this California. Let's just say denarii was $100. Okay, so in today's money, he um, owed the, the, one, the, the servant he found, grabbed him by the neck, demanded him to pay the, the one who owed him uh, the 100 denarii. Uh, he owed him... $10,000, which is a good chunk of change for any, anybody. But in that same idea of a denarii is $100 and 60 million denarii, this unforgiving uh, debtor owed his master $6 billion. So these are, you know, these are big contrasts. $6 billion or $10,000. That's the separation on this. And what happens is he really was not forgiven. He did not experience forgiveness. Because Jesus taught us that when a, whoever's forgiven much loves much. And that was the demonstration when the sinful woman came. And he had the same story <clears throat> to the Pharisees saying, well, there's somebody. Uh, what was the story? I went and looked that up. He said there was in Luke 7, someone owed 500 denarii and someone owed 50 denarii. And he said they forgave them both. And he said, who would love most? So the one who owed the uh, 500 denarii at $100 a denarii, he owed $50,000. Again, that's a lot of money. $100 per denarii that you owed uh, 50 denarii, that's 5,000. But he said, this woman, she's been forgiven much. It's demonstrated in her response of love and abandonment. So true forgiveness creates a, a ripple effect. It moves outward. It doesn't stay within. It's not a reorganization. I, put it, I wrote it this way. <clears throat> Instead of being forgiven, he was repositioned. He saw an opportunity now. I don't owe that money, but I can start building my own life. First place I'm going to go is to someone who owes me, and I'm going to demand it not understanding at all that he had really been released from something he would never have been able to pay, $6 billion. So the master hears about this fellow servants, and he takes the man, 
and throws him back in prison. Verse 32, uh, the master, after he called him, he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as he, I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. And so my heavenly father will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. This is the Lord training his disciples. This is the constitution of the kingdom. Forgiveness is paramount. Without forgiveness, we are not welcomed in. And without practicing forgiveness, we will not enjoy the benefits. And so I believe in my heart, because we're going to touch the word, the year of Jubilee, and we're going to see that we were not just born into the kingdom in Christ to start life over. We were born into the kingdom in Christ to be fully vetted with an inheritance and a purpose, which is in, in, cannot be separated, cannot be defiled, cannot be fade away, cannot be taken away. It's forever eternal in Christ. We can wander away from the truth, but soon we return to Jesus. There we are. Our place has been saved. We can return and we begin to walk with him again. But to uh, wander away, wander out, things happen. Wrongs happen. People wrong us. We wrong others. We can accumulate a debt that we don't know how to resolve. We cry out, Lord, I want help. I know your forgiveness is, is real time. I always pray Second Chronicles 7.14. It's just become my prayer for the last three years very much my prayer every day. I want to humble myself because God resists pride. If I'm proud, I can find out because whatever I'm doing isn't working. He's pushing against me because pride is something he's committed to abate because that's what was the original sin found in uh, the morning star when he thought, hey, I'm going to be like God and apart from God and do my own thing and compete with God. So he said, well, you try that. And now we, we ate the apple, and we got it in our flesh and our souls, and we're in the same capacity. So humility is key. I believe when God sees humility, it doesn't matter who he sees it in. He saw it in Ahab, those are Bible scholars. You know, Ahab was not a good king. And he stole a man's inheritance, a vineyard, to his wicked wife Jezebel, who, while he did the moping, she did the plotting. Manipulative. Ahab more manipulative in some ways than Jezebel. But what he did, she did, is she brought false witness against this man who would not sell his inheritance because Ahab wanted to have a vegetable garden. And of course, he's king, so he should be able to have what he wants, but he won't sell it, so now he's depressed. But then Jezebel says, but you're the king, so you can have everything you want. Just go back to sleep. I'll take care of it. She kills him. She has him witnesses, false witnesses, say he's blaspheming. And, and so they take him, kill him. And after they kill the heir of the inheritance, she takes the inheritance and gives it to Ahab. This is why Elijah curses Jezebel to be eaten by dogs. And her blood licked up. It's because of this This. This was like the epitome of what you don't do. Ahab hears his fate. 
And he goes into humility. He, he humbles himself. He humbles himself to the point that God calls Elijah and says, Elijah, have you seen the way Ahab humbled himself? I mean, he was so impressed, he pulled the prophet to see it. He said, you go tell him it's not going to happen in his lifetime because of this. Humility shifts things, and I don't know any other way to gain the ear of God and to then find a new place that was already the place I was supposed to be in, but got pushed out of it. So if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. The word pray is to judge yourself in the simplest true taking a true inventory. Uh, two men went to go pray. One, a Pharisee, another a tax collector. The Pharisee prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I, don't, I give tithes of all. I fast twice a week. I, I think I'm not like these. All of, enlist a litany and looks over in his right eye and there is a tax collector far back in the room in this and he said, I'm glad I'm not like that tax collector. And Jesus did this whole parable so that men would not trust in their own righteousness and despise other and, and look down. The tax collector beats his breast and says, Lord, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God, Jesus says, that man, that tax collector went home justified. And the Pharisee never even got his prayer past the ceiling. So I liked, I try to, whenever God, whenever God gets a hold of me and checks my motives, my language, my imagination, my efforts, I've learned to say, you're right, I'm wrong, and I want to not be here. So then I seek your face. Honesty leads to a hot, I want, I need your help. I really need, I, I really can't get to where you called me to be. I can't do what you asked me to do. I don't know how to get there. Please, I need your help. When I do that, God invariably liberates me from where I've wandered from into, which is the evil way, that thing which is not productive, not destructive, a negative attitude, uh, uh, an obsession with television. It can be anything that's taking me from Genuine fellowship, union, trust, enjoyment, and rest. And all of a sudden, yay, I'm free. What, what happened? Well, God, from his heavenly position, acknowledges this kind of prayer. And then he forgives me in real time, takes the debt of the real issue that's really having to rest on me until I resolve that I'm in a place of... of, of uh, wandered off from the truth. I'm under the sway of the devil. I've got his attitude in my, in my mind, even though I'm calling myself a believer, whatever. And all of a sudden I get free because not only does he forgive, but he heals. I believe we are desperately in need of this. Not the earth and not the world, but the church. We must, the church, humble ourselves. Look upon the situations of the world that are dire, divided, and and, and going off, it's a wicked, it's a crooked, perverse generation. But it was too, 47 years ago when I got saved. 
So it's not that God is limited to save out of the crooked, perverse generation. I just think that we often lose the place of who he's trying to get to first. It's always the house of God he judges. It's always the nation Israel that he judges. You read Jeremiah, you read Ezekiel. At the end of each of God's pleading, declarations, prophecies, statements, what he's going to do to Israel, Jerusalem, on, on, on. Then he says, now prophesy to uh, Babylon and prophesy to Mount Seir and prophesy to Egypt. Because God doesn't, judgment will go through the earth. But it always starts with the covenant people. And if the covenant people can repent, they can turn around, they can, the judgment can begin to retreat from the earth because God says, you're my intercessor. You're the one, you came into the place. You acknowledged my son. So, but humility is such a hard thing because it means I have to say I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I probably got a wrong position on this and, and I don't, think I know what to do, and I, I, need really, I really need some real help here. So let's, have commun- let's take communion. This is, this is where I approach Jesus, because what, what he's about to say to us is so big, it's hard for me to even imagine. But again, everything in the kingdom that comes to us in Christ has to come through forgiveness. So if you take your bread, please. In a moment, we're going to take, allow God to come to the places where our lives have become broken, bruised, shattered, where we've become captive, where we've been locked up, and we're going to allow and receive from Jesus the provision of his great salvation. But the only way out of where we are is not to make things right. It's to receive forgiveness to where we are and to submit back to Christ and what he has accomplished. It's elementary and it's profound. It will save families, children, countries, cities, states. If somebody will step, step into the gap and say, I need your your work that you accomplished for me, for those I love, for the people around me. I can't get there. I can't do it. I'm a part of the problem. I created the issue. I started. Don't put me in charge. I need what you accomplished to fully find your way back. So if we're sick, the Bible says we don't understand communion. If we're weak, we don't understand communion. If we're dying, we don't understand communion. And we, we, we have judged not properly. We didn't forgive completely. We're holding grudges over one another. We're trying to control other people instead of releasing each person to Christ and and believing God's ability to do things that he only can do that we'll never do. Lifting off responsibilities and sometimes codependencies and enablements and go, Lord, only you, only you will do the work, and I need you to do the work, and I'll put myself in front of you for you to do the work, and I won't let you go until you release the blessing, until you reconcile my brother to me who wants to kill me. I will not let you go. We're all brothers and sisters. We're one family. There's only one church. We will not escape each other. (laughs) So we have to humble ourselves into having one head, one Lord, one faith, 
one baptism, one spirit, and one hope of our calling, and one God, and one Father of overall, who's through us all and in us all, and thereby returning to release the parts of us that are, that are wandered off, trying to do our own thing, create our own manner. It's here we are to the one body. Let's eat together. Return us, Lord Jesus. Return us. Isaiah 53, I'm reminded, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Not some of us, not most of us, everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity is seen most in the willfulness of man. I got to do it my way. I want it to happen the way I want it to happen. I've decided it's going to be this way and no other way. That's iniquity in its, in its rawest estate. And all of that he put on Jesus. So he, that laid on him his intercession. He took upon, he was impinged upon, that iniquity came upon him. And because he uh, made intercession for the transgressor, we are now free just by returning to let his blood forgive, not just us, but to extend forgiveness to everyone. Think of anyone and everyone that you have ought against or has ought against you who try, who, who have hurt you. Everyone's been hurt. Everyone's hurt each other. The woundings we occur, just think and, and let us receive forgiveness and extend forgiveness. Let it remit sins. Remitting sins is canceling debts. It's not taking our neighbor by the, ch the throat and choking them until they pay us what we demand they owe us. But it's releasing them because we ourselves have been released by such a great a debt. It's forgiving everyone so that we can continue to live in forgiveness and not torment. We ask you, Lord, search our heart. Help us in those moments when you catch us. It's so good. It's so good to be caught because your mercy is what you're wanting to bring us. So we receive your mercy and we extend your mercy to everyone. We forgive all. All. Anyone who has anything against us, anyone we have anything against, we forgive. Lord, you have to make it tangible and manifest and dem demonstrate it, in which you're about to do. But for now, we release and receive forgiveness. Amen? Let's do drink together. Now, this by no means is meant to be a, a heavy. In fact, this is only to make what's going to be said now really cool. Because if you'll go with me to Luke chapter 4, verse uh, 16. It'll take me just a couple minutes to bring us here. Let me get to another set of notes. Verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I love this about Jesus. And what we're talking about today to the believers that have served the Lord for any length of time, we're not talking about getting free from the sin of rebellion. We're talking about becoming free from the sin of self-righteousness, which is harder to be delivered from because it's so much more 
disguised. It's disgusting. It's self becoming righteous. It's what Lucifer, when he tried to become equal to God, is trying to have an independence while we maintain our righteousness. And that's why we love works or we love idols. We can control either. So verse 16, I'm wrong. Can you see? I, that wasn't that hard to say. I'm wrong. I always tell everybody when we get married, when they mar- I, if I lead anyone in, in marriage vows, I say there's three things. Remember, always say I love you, then say learn to say I'm sorry, and then learn to say please forgive me. And lately I've been adding the fourth one, I'm wrong. <laughs> Jesus comes to Nazareth, and he's brought up. It was his custom. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. He was a reader in the, in the, in the synagogue. He, I bet... Whoa, was there powerful things happening when he read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He knew where he was looking to read. He didn't just, he was a a versed man in the Scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's why we just did communion and took a moment to acknowledge that it is quite probable, not just possible, but probable that we will wander from the truth, need to return, have sins covered, that we will come into in, uh, a disconnect and become trapped under willfulness of Satan dominating our life. And yet through forgiveness, we can be forgiven and release forgiveness as the door in. And now Jesus is stepping into the, on the world scene and saying, here I am. Here it is. This is what I came to do. I came to proclaim the good news of salvation to the poor. And I've come Can you go back to verse 18, 16? Yeah, 18. I came to declare that there's a healing to your broken hearts. Broken heart means smash, smush, squished. I'm here to proclaim liberty to those who are captives. If you're a captive, it's your day to get free. You see, don't you understand? If we're not a captive, we won't get free. Even though we may be a captive, we don't get free because we don't believe we're a captive. It's a funny place to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. Well, I already see. No, if you think I see, I don't see. Set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oh. So he goes on, verse uh, 20. He says he takes the book and he hands it back to the, the person in charge. And he sits down and all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. I mean, they're gazing. He's already a boy wonder. He's already carries massive revelatory insight. He was at 12. He was like that in the temple. So he, you know this is not a, this is a custom. Whoa. But then he does one thing that sets a sin. Uh, he says, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. If you'll go with me to Leviticus 25, 
They understood what they was getting at. And I want to take us there so we can quickly. Verse 9 and 10. 8, verse 8. Leviticus 25, verse 8. This is our foundation scripture. The Lord gave me when we started the church back in 1984. Why I wanted to call us freedom. Because I love the idea of freedom. I had come out of so much captivity, delivered from demons, delivered from drugs, delivered from everything. And I... But I mostly enjoyed this freedom. And he, the Lord suggested, why don't you call the church Jubilee? And I said, well, why? <laughs> he said, because it says more than freedom. It encompasses freedom, but it has a freedom with a destiny, a purpose, an intentionality. And so Jubilee, when we read it, we just read through it. We just read through it in numbers. You took all this time. Joshua took chapters to divide the land as an inheritance to the tribes, an allotment. The all of the nation of Israel is God's, given by inheritance to the tribes. They were never to be sold and, and exchanged from tribe to tribe. Yet, life happens and it would happen that people would lose their position that was given to them as an inheritance, and they would have to sell some of their land or have to send some of their children to indentured servitude. Or they would end up finding themselves having to just work for somebody else and hire themselves out. And so God designed that at the end of every seven years, debts were supposed to be all canceled. Every year at seven years, we were supposed to cancel all our debts to all of the Israelis back and forth. But just in case that all didn't happen, because some of the debts, like the selling of land, procure, you know, it was, it was a 50-year window. And he says, you, what you're going to do is after 49 years, you're going to cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound, the shofar of the Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the seventh month, the day of atonement, not Passover, atonement, when the Lord remedied forever through the acceptance of the blood, the worship of the community. Through one man, a whole community can be made holy before God. Jesus is that one man. We are that community, the living church. So the trumpets to sound throughout the land. And you will consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. We, the believer... Because this is the acceptable year of the Lord that Jesus has prophesied. We, the believer, are to be going about proclaiming liberty to the inhabitants of the land to return to their inheritance. We didn't really do the forgiveness appropriately. True forgiveness is not just releasing a man from his debt, but is blessing them into their inheritance. Asking God to give them the fullness of what God ordained for them to have. Not re 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 and so he said, you're going for a whole year. Liberty, freedom, forgiveness, release, freedom. This is what Jeremiah prophesied about, that they tried to do that and couldn't do it and wouldn't do it, and then they ended up getting a worse place because of their covenant breaking, and it just really sealed the end of Jerusalem, that event. So this liberty, you're free. You're free. What am I free to? You're free to go back, return to your possession, to your inheritance. Now, this is so huge. Every living person in the earth, 8 
billion plus, every living person in the earth has been given an inheritance in Christ. Not all will choose it. Many may refuse it because they have to be saved. They have to accept Jesus Christ. It's one condition. All that I've accomplished in my son is yours in my son. Apart from my son, you don't have it. I don't care how good you are, how wonderful you are, whatever. You're not, you're, you're nothing. Donata, man. No, you're not getting in. But everyone has an inheritance. So the day I said to Jesus, I want you to come in my heart, make me the man you want me to be. I don't know how to do it myself. That prayer has never changed. Well, it's changed a little bit. I pray these days, Father, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart, make me the man you want me to be. I can't help you. I'll try to obey you, but I can't help you. Because I thought, oh, I'll, I'll make me that person. He comes in my heart. God didn't say, whoa, how'd that guy get saved? We weren't expecting him. We got to come up with something to keep Steve busy. He's just a drug addict. Why, why, why? He's just stupid. He's 19. He's wasted six years of his life stoned. Formative years. He's done everything wrong. I know this because I met people from high school after I was saved who said, you know, during high school, we never thought you'd get saved. So I thought, praise God, it wasn't your faith that got me in. It's my mom's faith. <laughs> my mom's faith. So don't ever look at a person and think that, you see, you see, listen, listen, we're not against anybody. We're at, it's time to call people out of their, out of their lostness into their inheritance. Seriously. We're, we want whole movements to fall into the earth and swallowed up in the, to, why? There might be the Apostle Paul there. You don't know this stuff. So, so these are truths. Return to the truth. I want to return to the truth. The truth is, in Christ, I have been given inheritance. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we also have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him, Father, who does all things according to the counsel of his will. We, we, the inheritance was given to us in predestined decision in Christ before the time according to the Father's will. I have an inheritance. Why not, let's all say that. I have an inheritance. Now we'll say it one more time and then add in Christ. I have an inheritance in Christ. It's real. I've been called as a son with a purpose, given an inheritance in Christ. So the 50th year, you, there came... Proclamation. Everyone is free, out from slavery. You're not a slave of any man or a slave of any system, and you're free from the debts that put you into slavery. You're released. Liberty, 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 liberty. How much more will that start changing the world when we start proclaiming people, I know who you are, you don't know who you are. You may be right now a son of rebellion, but I know who you are in Christ. You haven't realized it. You haven't said yes to it. But I'm calling you into your destiny. That's what happened to Saul of Tarsus. He said, Saul, what are you kicking against the goads? Well, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. You're persecuting. What do you want me to do? Immediate salvation, identification, inheritance, calling. It just, bam. So you got to go back to your property, your land, and you got to return to your family. 
you're all over the map. Um, verse 10, verse 10, please. Uh, you see, you go freedom, liberty, return to your possession, return to your family. Repentance is not a bad word. It's the precursor to returning. And when I return, I'm coming not to start over again. I'm coming into an inheritance that's in Christ. So go with me to uh, Isaiah 61, and we'll close. And just, I just, simple prayer. This, one of the reasons I think I get more involved in, in things than I should, besides being a firstborn, which is always, it seems like, you, you know, you were told all your life, you're the oldest, you need to be responsible. And then you're always responsible. And God says, would you? Not try to be responsible. I'm the Lord, not you. But the thought is this. Every one of your children have an inheritance in Christ. Every employee that works for you has an inheritance in Christ. Every person who lives in Cam California, Camarillo, United States of America, has an inheritance. I don't care what they're doing right now, where they're going, how they're acting. I'm not saying they get saved because they just... God's just going to make it all work at the end. I'm not saying universalism in any way. But I am saying that God is not surprised when salvation comes. And though we may not accept it, it's going to happen. It's going to, people are going to come out of crazy places. Crazy places. And we, it's just going to be massive. And so, so now with that idea of the Jubilee, Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. This is where Jesus read from. This, this 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now think about this. This is the Messiah coming to Israel. He's on course. He's got a mission. He's not thinking about just getting people out from under drug addiction and out from under poverty. He's coming them to reinstate them into their uh, God-appointed place. I've come to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent me to heal, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the year of Jubilee. Jesus sat down and said, I am the Jubilee. Now think about this, because why we can release everyone is because they can't take from us what God has given us. And that's powerful. They, you do, it, all competition in the kingdom is just fear and lust. There is no competition in the kingdom. It's only completeness. You can't have my inheritance. Even if I gave it to you, I can't give it to you. It's not mine to give. It's, it's God's. The land was the Lord's. And he said, I, I give it as a stewardship to the, my people, but, the, but when they have to, it has to keep returning to the family that I appointed it to. So we may have our inheritance warred over. We may have it lost. We may have it, we may walk away from it. We may forget it. But God says it's in Christ. It's reserved in heaven for us and does not fade away. So, yes, I will be wronged. Yes, things will go out of order. But whatever happens does not affect my inheritance, it affects my training to determine, do I trust in man or do I trust in God?
Do I rely upon my flesh or do I rely upon the promise he made? Is the Spirit of God the one that's going to bring fulfillment or was it the opportunity that I put my whole entire hope in that now crashed in front of me? Is what I dreamed disintegrated or is what God declared eternal? You see, it's a, it's, it's a liberation. It's a massive liberation that if employed in prayer and meditation and Bible scriptures, you, we become a people that can lay down our life. We can give up the opportunity to have our own way. We can bear the burdens of those who are weak. We can, we can go through a really bad thing and go, you know what? That was a really bad thing. But Lord, I'd like to release those bad things that happened and release those involved and release myself and return myself. I want to return. Every morning I wake up, I return myself to Jesus Christ. I wake up and I say, Steve, it's time to return to Jesus Christ. This is where your identity is. This is who your inheritance is. This is where your healing is. This is where your day is. This is the day the Lord has made. And I do it. And beloved, it really, really, really is true. So when that happens, he goes on. He says, I'm going to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance. It take a year to get us free, but only a day for God to judge. So don't worry about judgment. <laughs> don't get in any hurry for that. And to comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. And I know there are many mourning in the earth today over the sin and the debauchery and the wickedness and the evil schemes of men. I know there are many mourning. And a mourning is a, good, is a good posture of the heart. It's part of the humility where we go, Lord, it's just, I don't know what we could do, and I don't think I could fix it if I was given the authority to do so. But I know you have fixed it in your son. And if you will open the eyes of the blind to see again, if you'll begin to take those broken, bruised, crushed hearts and let them beat again, I know that life could come out. I know you have a purpose in that person, in these people, in that group. And he says, to those who are mourning in Zion, I want to give. And this is where we move from the receiving of freedom into the role of the intercessor. And this is where we are today. I believe this is a great exchange. He says, I want to give to those who mourn in Zion beauty for ashes. I have a dear friend, Lisa Mirara, Miara, who is... Uh, shared with me the first time. The word in Hebrew, she's Israeli, and beauty are the same Hebrew letters, just rearranged. So when you're not, it's not that you take that ashes of my life, and he says, hand it over to me, and I'll give you some, I'll come up with a beautiful thing instead. No, it's literally, he rearranges the ashes till they become beauty. Beauty begins to be seen in the ashes. The oil of joy begins to spring out of the morning. The garment of praise begins to become what we wear instead of the spirit, the wind of heaviness. And we begin called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Beloved, I believe in all my heart, every one of us in this room online are called to this ministry. I believe it. 
And what you've gone through is so that you can be a recipient of the blessing of Jesus Christ to liberate us from the places men put us to come out from where the devil took us and walk into the fullness of what God gave us and begin to say, I know he's doing it for me. He's doing it for you. I know he can forgive me. He can forgive you. It can expand. It can go beyond. So some of us have gone through some really awful things. Wrong. Shouldn't have been. Couldn't, was never meant to be. But man and sin and anger and, and, and not knowing how to cope with things and we take it upon to do it ourselves and we resolve to make it work and that just continues and it, it, it seemingly is getting larger and louder and stronger and, and more perverse. And those who would stand in the way begin to become prey of those who would just lust in wickedness. And yet, that's where the church is born from. Those moments, someone starts to say, you know, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I, would, I, would, I offer to you my ashes of my life and I will not live and die in the middle of ash heap. I will allow beauty to rise in the midst of my ashes. I don't regret being in ashes. I did, but I'm not regretful now. It's the place you want to shine your light and beauty. Lord, I take the, the mourning of my life where I have mourned the loss of this and loss of that and refused to be comforted and not, no, no longer. Now I say, Lord, let joy rise, joy. I know, Lord, I, I let go of all of that heaviness and depression and despair, and I want to just praise you and praise you. I accept the favorable year of the Lord. The last verse, can you bring it back up, Chris? I'm sorry, I wanted to finish that last verse. We then become the planning of the Lord. Now look what's coming after the planning of the Lord. And we will rebuild the old ruins. We will raise up the former desolations. We will repair the ruined cities and desolation of many generations. How many would say, I'd like to be a part of that? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't it? Just to begin to be the life force in the earth? the liberators of the earth? If you'll stand with me. Thank God lunch is in the parking lot, so it's only 50 feet from here. <laughs> but, but, beloved, I am no better than anyone. The more I try to serve God righteously, the worse I do. The more I accept Christ's completion, the more I put it back on Him to fulfill and manifest and the less I try to do on myself. And then I let him step in. And then I begin to believe he's stepping in. Then I begin to see him stepping in. And then I begin to anticipate him stepping in. And then I'm, in, I'm, I'm expecting he's stepping in. And then I'm going, my only call is, I'm not letting you go, Jesus, until we get the full blessing. It's not the full blessing. Come on, more. And it changes from a life of regret and sorrow and mourning how did this happen? Why did this happen? I just believe we're in a year of jubilee. That's not the right day for that, but it's, I just feel it's, it's, just, it's something God's wanting to take off. We'll not make wrong right by making it right. We'll make wrong right by forgiving and then living right from that point on. Free to live. Free to forgive. Free to love. Free to be healed free to be full of joy, free to be in all of that. What I saw the Lord 
say, he said, I want you to hand to me, please, my beloved, the sorrows, the angst, the regrets, sicknesses, disease, discouragement, heaviness, depression, condemnation, whatever, wherever you have been taken captive. I want to I want to loosen and let you into the fullness of what the opposite spirit will be. Some of us who have lived lives of depression will become some of the most joy-filled, praising people the earth will ever see. Some of us who have been wrong so wrong are going to be the most generous, giving, forgiving, liberating people we'll ever meet. Because that's the way the kingdom is. The kingdom never works from strength, but from our weakness, from our brokenness. But it's not brokenness that's left vulnerable as much as it was because now we know I have a kingdom I have an inheritance we have an inheritance an inheritance in Christ oh Jesus I'm going to proclaim these verses again Isaiah 61 verse 1 and rather than what Jesus' home uh, synagogue did. We don't want to reject these words. We want to receive them. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. In the name of Jesus, I declare where poverty of spirit, soul, of body, in the name of Jesus, hear the good news. Christ, your Savior, our Deliverer, our Redeemer, the doors have been opened. Prosperity, the, the provision of life coming. By faith, step in there. Accept these words. The Spirit of the Lord will do the work. That's why Wednesday we're going to do all kinds of active stepping into places to allow God to demonstrate what he already has accomplished, but now he needs to find a door through, like wash in the pool of Siloam and go back seeing. Simple little triggers of faith. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I don't know a believer that's sincere in God who goes after serving him that does not have their heart broken time and again. Because we just, I don't know, it's just part of the qualifying, suffering with Christ. Not qualifying because I earn it, but because I follow him in his footsteps. I walk through the same events. Oh, but today there's healing. There's healing. Be healed. Be healed, beloved. Be healed. Be healed of our broken hearts. There's healing. Oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, we receive, we receive. Liberty. Wherever we've been made captive to thought, to emotion, to circumstances, to situations, and to all manner of control of the devil, I declare today, liberty. Receive. Liberty, liberty, liberty. We receive freedom. Freedom.
He's opening the eyes of the blind. If you would be willing to say, I'm blind in areas I cannot see. And he says, what do you want? I want to see. I want to see what I can't see. I want to see beyond where I'm seeing. I want to see again. Open my eyes. Open our eyes. Go ahead, receive. It's the great readjustment, the great release, the great reinstallment, the exchange out of captivity into inheritance. Oh, and the bruise. Bruise broken. He's invading your captivity. He's invading our space, liberating us. The year of Jubilee. Inheritance restored. Freedom of mobility and movement. Identity given back families returned can you just raise your hand last last point I'm benedicting blessing the food and we're having tacos <laughs> but let's receive Lord we believe say it with me father, father we, believe we believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. our inheritance our is, is ours is eternal. eternal and we return, and we return to our inheritance, our inheritance in Christ in our freedom in Christ and our family in Christ we receive we return we receive and return in Jesus name 